Broadcasting live from the offices of policebackground.net. This is the Police Applicant Podcast with your host, Ken Royball. What's happening, everybody? Here we are with the Police Applicant Podcast, episode nine. Episode nine for real. Are you sure it's episode nine? I'm looking right at the thing right now. So it's episode nine. And uh, today's podcast is going to be about uh, how to get DQ'd. What are the things that you need to look out for in order to not get DQ'd? And uh, I always say this every week, but uh, uh, this is going to be a special episode. And Christine, what's happening? Nothing much. I'm excited because we have our best good friend on today. We have a special, special guest. This guest is more specialer than anybody. It's more specialer than anybody. So um, today's special guest is one of my partners in crime when we're working backgrounds, back in uh, doing LEPD backgrounds, Mr. Steve Gould from Things Police C Podcast. Steve, what is happening out there in the uh, Massachusetts? Ken and Christine, thanks for having me. Uh, it's, it's gray, it's a little rainy. It's getting humid, but um, besides that, it's, it's good. Good, good. It's, it's 91 degrees here. <laughs> wow. 91. I'm not at 91. But I got uh, That's your I got a special story, a special intro story about oh Steve. I wish oh I had boy. some intro story music. But uh, anyways, I met Steve. How, when did we meet Steve? 2017. 2017. In 2017, everyone, Steve and his family lived in Massachusetts, they jumped in a covered wagon and made their way out. Go west, young man, go west. So him and his family came out to California, ended up in Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, the luck of the Scottish, or is it Irish? Scottish or <laughs> either, Irish? Either or. One of the Irish. other, one or the other. And uh, he ended up in backgrounds and uh, everybody loved him. And then uh, uh, we hooked up and hung out, and then he started the Things Police See podcast, and which he let me co-host with him. I was his water boy for uh, I think probably about a year or so, and then Steve made his way <laughs> back to Massachusetts, and there he is now. And so Christine and I are graced with his presence. And if you guys have not listened to the Things Police See uh, podcast, you should head right over there on Apple. Apple Podcasts. Uh, so, Steve, tell us a little bit about yourself, so the uh, so the audience knows who you are. Yeah, like you said, I was a police officer. Well, you didn't say this, but I was a police officer for in law enforcement for 14 years out east. Then we went west, uh, California dreaming, I guess you'd say, and um, we landed there. Had no landed in a campground in San Dimas. Had no no jobs. I had applied to um, backgrounds I'd like seven months earlier and heard nothing. And uh, within a couple of weeks of being there, I, I heard from backgrounds and um, somehow, some way, this small town cop from the East Coast uh, landed an interview with LAPD backgrounds. I went in and um, all I can think is they liked me. I just, you know, I they just they just liked me in the interview and they thought I didn't know anything about the place organization or or how backgrounds was run. I'd never done a background investigation i had no idea what the standards were i'm t i mean you were you're talking i needed to be trained from the ground up and um somehow i, I convinced them in the interview <laughs> that they should 
they should take a chance. And I think part of it was they thought it was neat that I was from a small agency that did their own investigations. Like a lot of patrolmen could take an investigation and run with it. So we only had one or two detectives, um, usually just one. And he was always burdened with everything, including court paperwork. So we could take our own cases and do interviews and bring people in and um, interrogations and all that. So they thought that was uh, interesting. And uh, they must have seen it in my the desperation in my eye. You know, that's it's always good to have someone who's willing to do almost anything. Uh, Steve, for a job. Steve just went in there with a you recited the quote from Dumb and Dumber. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our heads are falling off. <laughs> exactly. I had to pair it with and no so head. They hired you. Exactly. You brought in, think, you brought in PD. <laughs> I think they were afraid. I, I I told them all their home addresses and then they just hired me. Um, they just hired you. So Ken is part of the inspiration for TPS because we would, you know, um, my field trainer ended up being a, a good friend of mine too, Pat, and um, he's a retired captain from Covina. And he told, as it was explained to him, his supervisor said, uh, I got this new guy, you got to train, zero experience. He's not even from the state. He's from the East Coast. Uh, he dabbles in stand-up comedy and he's our new full-time guy. And Pat was like, what why you why did you hire this guy why why is he here again and i i mean ken i knew nothing about background investigation nothing he had to start like from the ground up so i worked with him for i think two two months longer it was i think it was one of the longest field training periods in the history of the department that was like you're not ready yet (laughs) so um but Again, I ingratiated myself somehow to the to Pat, and Pat was good friends with Ken. And when we were in backgrounds, Pat super knowledgeable and looked very highly at by management, upper management. And when Pat had a problem or question, he went to Ken. So Ken was kind of um, the answer man. Been doing backgrounds forever. A little intimidating. I didn't really know what to think of him. He was uh, very quippy quick uh quick with the comments and i you know i i but i remember i remember ken going out to the truck with you one day and you looking at me and going what's your deal like you're really uh this is like uh, it's very different what you did you know kind of like kind of like you're so direct you know just like it's it's interesting what what you've done you know like it, it's that's actually on? a pretty pretty good impression yeah like you, you're just like right like what is what is your problem, kid? What are you doing here? And hey, um, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, Ken and Pat kind of took me under their wing. And I actually think that's the only reason I had success there. You know, it's like, it's hard to explain what it's like there, but it's a lot of retired or injured on the job guys um, who are doing backgrounds. And it's a wealth of knowledge. I mean, right next to me, the, the cubicle next to me was a supervising detective from the OJ Simpson trial. And he was an oh, awesome wow. guy. And, um, these guys are so any one of these guys could have ran backgrounds, but none of them wanted to was the point. So like when promotion <laughs> came up, I said, Hey, I got to feed a family. I need, I need to, I'm, I need to go for lead investigator. And I got lead investigator. I got, I got, you know, I passed a promotion. I was about to be assigned uh, my own, my own team and the whole thing. And then I left for an insurance investigator job. <laughs> <laughs> it paid too well, but um, very cool. Ken, you took me under your wing at backgrounds and, you know, I can, can't thank you enough. It was, it was a, one of the great experiences in my life working there. It was awesome. That was a cool place. So Steve knows background investigations uh, and I know background investigations and Christine's going to have a background investigation. Ooh, so yeah. 
We all have something in common <laughs> here. <laughs> but uh, what we want to talk about today is the things that can get you DQ'd because a lot of people don't know exactly what, you know, I get calls and people say, um, I'm wondering, I'm having uh, uh, thoughts about whether I can pass a background because of this, that, or the other thing. But there's a lot more than just this one thing. There's a bunch of stuff uh, that a lot of people don't realize. There's a, there's lists of things. In California alone, they have what's called the, the California Post Job Dimensions. And then f- those are the basics. And then from there, each department can interpret these vague post-job dimensions. And I think it's the same with every agency. But then again, Steve and Christine, there are agencies that you apply to where they just look at you and they don't like you. And they don't have to like you, period. No, thank you. No, thank you. And so, but before we get started, I wanted to I wanted to clear up um, the different types of quote-unquote DQs because a lot of people, they put they say they're DQ'd and they're not. And then there, there's, so I want to talk about a little bit about DQs and non-selects and fails. So, so we know what we're talking about when we get into all of this. Um, a DQ is a disqualification. You didn't meet some standards, so they, they disqualified you. Um, a non-select is not a DQ. You can't appeal it. And it just means they didn't like you and that's an easy way to get rid of you. They don't have to do a background or anything. They just non-select you. And the way you can tell if you've been uh, technically DQ'd on paper or non-selected is they'll send you a letter saying, um, thank you for applying. Uh, we have gone with other candidates. Uh, you are not among our first choice. And we are not going to continue with your application. And that's a non-select. And then a fail is if you take the oral interview or whatever and you don't pass it. You can't go on in the process because you didn't pass something. So a non-select and a fail for a test is not a DQ. DQs normally are reserved for background investigations. So today what we're going to talk about really are disqualifications. Um, and uh, so we're gonna, we have a list of things that are kind of a big deal for, for backgrounds, for most background agencies, and we'll just tackle them as we go. Um, and Christine... Um, we'll see how you feel about all these. I think, I think Christine's going to get an eye opener today, Steve, because there's probably a lot more than she actually realizes <laughs> we can get DQ'd for a number of things just yeah. off the bat. <clears throat> can so can, I, a, can yeah. I tell, add one thing to your list? Cause when you said to think about some DQ cases and I started to think about like some of the more interesting DQs that I had, mm. um, one of them some of them are actually just strongly recommended withdrawals. Uh, I don't know if that applies right. to every agency, but it's more of like <clears throat> you like the candidate and you see something bad and you say, all right, I've made note of this. It's in their file. And you kind of tell them, why don't you remove yourself from the process for like right. a year? Because that was something I ran into a few times. I don't know if that's just LAPD or if that's all of them. I know the other people have non-select, so that's something we didn't have, it seems. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Christine. I, that, that's, sorry, that's not something that I've ever heard of either. I mostly just heard about, like, yeah, you're either disqualified or you can reapply at another it's inside point. inside baseball, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Steve, Steve brings up a good point because there's a lot of times when you actually, you may complete a, a, a personal history statement, a PHS, or you may just fill out a kind of a generic you know, 10 question form. And then they sit you down and they say, yeah, uh, I think that you should 
you should withdraw. Do yourself a favor. Yeah. It's kind of like that whole employment thing where um, you resign in lieu of. If you don't resign, <laughs> yeah. we're going to fire you. <laughs> exactly. It's the same thing, right? So, yeah. um, so a lot of agencies will ask you to withdraw because if you don't, they're going to disqualify you. And what you don't want is you don't want to have a disqualification on your record. It's easier to withdraw, get some time and distance from whatever your the problem is, and then apply again. That way, you kind of go in there fresh. Um, so that is a fourth. That is a fourth thing: a, a withdraw. Uh, and if some agency highly suggests that you withdraw, then you should. Yeah, yeah, because you will have candidates fight you. Be like, well, I don't think I should. Like, oh, you don't? Am I the background investigator? And now, I, are you the background <laughs> investigator? And I'm applying. I don't understand what you're saying. But okay. So well, sorry. I I've had candidates that I've 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 opened their file and they you know when you get to the background investigation, you've gotten pretty far. But when your background investigator opens your file, and I've been trying to do people some favors, man. I try and do them some favors to go, hey, listen, um, you've got this, this, and this in your background. You should, I mean, it might be no something bueno. you might want to withdraw. And then they say, nah, you know what? No, I think I'm gonna go for it. I'm like, ah. <laughs> Okay, and you're gonna you're gonna get DQ'd, man. Uh, okay, whatever you want to do, and then I and then they end up getting DQ'd. But it's like I I tried to help them in the first place, but no. You're about but to get no. Dairy Queened. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Dairy Queen DQ. So that sounds so good right now. <laughs> lizard, <laughs> lizard. So um, we're gonna go down this list, uh, and Steve and I are gonna come up with some. Um, some uh stories of dqs so what we're going to do is we're going to start out with honesty and uh, we did a we did an episode on this on uh on you lie you die but honesty is still a you know it's still something we need to talk about because honesty is a huge huge deal and a lot of candidates uh they go in i i get asked frequently you guys i get asked people call me i got two calls this last week where they said my friend, my police officer friend said that I should not, I should not disclose this. And I said, are you asking uh, me whether you should lie or not? Because they're asking me outright. Mm -hmm. And I tell them the, the, the background investigators are going to find out no matter what. It's going to show up yeah. somewhere. What type of stuff are they asking you that they should not disclose? Uh, if they applied somewhere else and they put something down on their, on their PHS, and then when they they think, oh, okay, so um, this didn't happen and that didn't happen, so they probably won't find out that I applied at this agency. So what they're asking is, should I put this agency down that I got DQ'd at? Yeah. Because um, I got DQ'd there, and I don't want them to know I got DQ'd, but it shouldn't show up anywhere. It's like they're gonna find out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, find out. I think I think applicants should know that. Um, a lot of the background investigators I work with are very proud of the agency they work for and whether they're active or they're retired um, and they protect it. So, and these guys, most of them have like 20 plus years experience as a police officer. So they're going to find the stuff. They know all the ins and outs. They know everybody in the game. They already know the background investigators at other agencies. Like it's so dumb to do that. It's like, these aren't just normal. It's not a normal job at all. These guys well, are like very good at what they do and they take pride in it. 
it's kind of like with any form of lying it's just kind of like you you don't want so and so to find out because you think that they'll be upset about it but it's like if they're gonna find out anyway it's just gonna look worse because then you hit it from them also so probably just yeah probably just tell them because they're gonna find out anyway and when they find out and you didn't tell them then you're screwed i've heard ken so. say here before and i used to say it all the time to candidates <laughs> You might lie about something that would not have got you DQ'd, but because you lied about it, right now your ass is DQ'd. That happened. Yep. I mean, how frustrating is that, Ken? When you look a candidate in the eye and you go, just be straightforward. All right. So um, honesty is a big deal. And uh, the, the issue has been talked about in another podcast with Christine and I. We did a whole hour on lying and denying and all that. You lie, you die. So go listen to that episode. So we don't spend another hour talking about it right now, but we're going to just go ahead and move on to some of this other stuff. Uh, the second one on our list is respect for the law. And Christine, if I was to ask you a standard respect for the law, what do you think that that is about? Oh, geez. I think it like when you hear that, it can be interpreted in mul multiple different ways, like having respect for people like law enforcement officers, but also like in your past, having respect for the law. Like, does your past history display that you have a respect for the law? So maybe not too many, you know, run ins with the law or too many arrest, um, too many instances of arrest. Um, instances where you've displayed where you've broken the law in the past, maybe stolen something or. I don't know, use drugs, drink underage, things like that, where somebody would be able to find that out and be able to display that you don't have respect for the law because how are you going to enforce it if you don't respect it? Yeah, Steve's nodding his head there. <clears throat> yeah, it can even be minor stuff. Like I'm I'm sure this annoyed you too, Ken, when you see like people who just keep speeding or they just keep getting stop sign infractions or, or carpool lane infractions. It's like, and then you go back to when the background investigator will undoubtedly always look back at their own career or their own life and go, you know, when I was trying to be a cop, I was trying to be squeaky clean. I wouldn't even jaywalk. You know what I mean? It's like, here you are. You've been pulled over 10 times for speeding. Like it's. And you don't always, learn the lesson. Yeah. yeah. It irritated me. It's like, geez, if you really think that doesn't matter, wait till you get a badge because you're going to really think you're above the law then. I mean, now you got a badge in your pocket to show, you know, like you're right. going to be, if you don't respect the law now, you're going to, I always felt like, you know, starting off in that foot was always, it's just an indicator that they're, and it's a maturity thing too. It's like, you're just, you just, you're just not getting it, you know? Yeah. And so respect for the law, Christine, you kind of hit, you kind of hit a lot of it is that respect for the law includes everything that has to do with the law. So a lot of people think respect for the law. I've never been arrested or anything, but respect for the law is is like Steve said, a traffic ticket. You're not respecting the law because you're speeding or yeah. you're going to the carpool lane with only one person or something like that. Anytime a background investigator can hit you up that you fail to follow the law and and that's that's a respect for the law issue or or under that standard and it covers a lot of things. And of course, it covers being arrested. Right. So, and even things like, like nowadays walking around and saying like a cab or, you know, things yeah. like that, where you don't respect people that enforce the law either. So how are you supposed to get in that line of work and, and do that or respect others that do so? Yeah. And Steve, let me ask you a question. I'm going to yes. test your background knowledge. Oh boy. 
Can a candidate who's been arrested in the past for a felony or misdemeanor or anything, can they still be, um, can they still be hired? Yeah, absolutely. Give me, give me some, give me some, uh, give me some examples of when a, a candidate can be arrested and even convicted and be hired. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's the, the great saying I learned or the thing I saw a lot at backgrounds was time and distance. Mm -hmm. So if you have enough time from an event that happened and it's not and you didn't repeat it and it was a one-off, it seemed like within the standards that could be allowed. Like you were um, right? like you were far enough removed and you learned the lesson kind of thing. Exactly. Like so something happened and five five years went by and um you know I'm not going to give it any any of the the minimum standards for the agency because it's kind of something they keep secret but say you did coke or you got arrested you had coke on you or something like that and there was but then there was nothing else. If you had time and distance from that um agencies nowadays are kind of or letting that slide because they're they realize that people are you literally have a different brain when you're 21 than when you're 35 let's say you know what i mean so and that's what you mean ken like that type of uh yeah well well let me ask Chris, christine what about what if you get convicted for drunk driving mm. that's pretty bad man can you get hired yeah. as a police officer be convicted of drunk driving dui can you i think it depends I, I, I don't have the experience that you guys do, but I think it would depend. Like like Steve said, that makes a good point about like being far enough removed from it, but being able to display that you've learned the lesson. Because, um, you know, they don't they want people with life experience, but with that comes negative life experience. And if you're able to kind of prove that you've learned those lessons, then I don't know, maybe that was maybe that's a good thing if you can you, prove to them that. So you, you want to be able to go tell a candidate, hey, I. I know where you've been. I've been arrested for drunk driving too. <laughs> so, we're like brothers. We're like brothers. I'm doing you a favor by arresting you now. Yeah, I think it I think it would depend. I don't know. <laughs> Steve, can you can you come back from a DUI arrest, a misdemeanor DUI arrest? Oh boy, you're really stretching me in this one. Um <laughs> I think you can. Yeah, it's a misdemeanor. I, I believe you can. I think there's a certain amount of time distance needed for it. Yeah, you can. Uh, just with uh, with LAPD, it's a common knowledge that if you have to, if you get arrested for a DUI, you have to have three years distance from the. Yeah, conviction. there's certain there's certain things, Ken, that are like just like are just the the nail in the coffin. Like I think like domestic violence and right. wep like weapons violations, stuff like that. I think are like what do they used to call them when you're when you're DQ'd forever. Uh, lifetime perm, perm like DQ. Black, or like yeah, blackballed DQ. or whatever no yeah not blackballed <laughs> <laughs> blackballed with nobody will hire you because of yeah. something yeah um, i think i think it boils down to like tying back into honesty like what we talked about is like i've always heard that they're not looking for perfect people they're looking for honest people so if you're able to kind of disclose that and with all the factors aligning that like you know it's far enough removed you can prove that you learned the lesson you were really young and dumb when it happened that you would have better chances of of still pursuing that career with that sp specific agency but i think it would obviously depend on your background and everything else considered so yeah so basically respect for the law you can you can come back from some of the things but it, it usually relates to 
legal issues uh like steve was saying there are some things you can come back from or some things you can't come back from some agencies you can't come back from domestic violence some agencies amazingly you can uh battery um if you get uh if you get arrested for slapping your brother around and then you get convicted of it um they're probably not going to perm dq you for that but if you get um if you get convicted of, of hitting your parents just different things so it depends on it but basically respect for the law has everything to do from getting a traffic ticket to smacking somebody to going to jail but one of the things i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna um hit up steve again on this oh boy i'm on i'm in the hot seat here <laughs> steve steve tell me with regard to respect for the law a felony charge versus a felony conviction how are most agencies going to look at that can you get hired from a felony um oh yeah i mean i, I you can i know for la you can um but there's a certain amount of time needed between that and it definitely depends on what the felony is um because some things amount to a felony that don't have to do with um right you could have like you could have like felony speeding that could be right you can i don't like never heard of that i've never heard of that (laughs) what is arizona maybe maybe that's just what i'm at (laughs) you can like that if like felony speeding if it's like a certain if it's i think it's like 20 miles over the speed limit then that's like beyond it's not just five or ten i'm fairly certain that that's a thing here like that's like crazy wow like negligent operation or something they make it a felony Mm -hmm. that's crazy but yeah i know there i know there are felonies you can let me Google it. <laughs> you, you can come back from. Um, I don't know the classification of all of them, but I, uh, yeah, there is. That's what that's I'm, that's my answer, Ken. I'm sticking with it. I, I think with most agencies, if you get convicted of a felony, do not apply. If you've got if you got a felony conviction, don't apply. Um, we've had people that have done that, and felony convictions are any from from. Uh, uh, you know, ADW assault with a deadly weapon, stealing a car, whatever. If you have a felony conviction, there's no point in applying. Now you can oh, get yeah. a, you can get a felony right. arrest and only get convicted of a misdemeanor. So those yeah. would be taken one at a time. That's what I was thinking about. So so it turns out there's no felony speeding. It's criminal speeding. <laughs> I was gonna say because I think in 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 some states, if you go like 100 miles an hour, that's that's a misdemeanor, like reckless driving or something. But yeah. That Class three good. misdemeanor or criminal speeding alone is not a felony. I'm going to go with uh, felony speeding because that's <laughs> crazy. I've never heard of such a thing. And a felony usually means you have to go to jail for a year or more to prison. That means you've been a, you've been sentenced to prison. So, what's your what's your thing, man? Why are you here? Because I went too fast. I I would well. think that maybe there's a chance that somebody could still get hired like after a felony but maybe not after a felony conviction depending on yeah like depending on what it is yeah if you've been if you got a felony conviction i don't think most agencies are going to hire you just even even if you're going to be a good candidate like they don't want to even mess with that so from the panel felony they they might start messing with that because the candidates are getting they might have to yeah (laughs) that's what i was going to say too they might start doing that now because they're the pickings are slim so from the panel today, felony conviction, DQ, not DQ. DQ. Probably, oh, felony conviction, yeah, yeah. 
DQ. Felony arrest, DQ, or not DQ? Probably not most likely, most likely a DQ, but yeah, not in yeah. all cases. It depends. It depends on what the conviction status and everything that that was because police departments are going to arrest you for the highest charge. So it may not be it may not be you know a felony in the sense that you think it is. So I think that uh, just. Uh, Respect for the law. Just remember, respect for the law is a, a big deal because that means, and it could be also, Steve, I don't know if you remember this. Remember the flagrant uh, parking ticket violators? You know, you're, you're in college and oh, you've yeah. got racked up 15 parking tickets. That's respect for the law. That's a DQ. Yeah. Because you absolutely don't respect the law if you've got a bunch of parking tickets on your record. Some college students will argue, though, that they're stupid parking tickets because it's not the law. It's the law of the college. <laughs> like the 20-minute 20, it... 20 parking spots or the two-hour parking spots. Which won't, wouldn't matter to your background investigator because you just can't follow right. the rules. Seems like a right. personal person personal issue with christine <laughs> no i i didn't want to pay for a parking permit it was like 700 dollars, so i just took the shuttle to school it's a good way to was avoid it 700 dollars oh, for a parking permit yep that's highway robbery highway yep. robbery robbery mm -hmm. um you want to talk right, about so breaking the law i'll tell you <laughs> what do you guys think about mature judgment i mean mm. there's there's story steve you got some stories i know you do mature judgment what is mature does any mature judgment can be cow tipping hmm. or the guy that uh was lived in a rural area and him and his buddies jumped in the car and took a baseball bat and, and killed every mailbox along that rural route <laughs> that sounds familiar to me uh it's just so messed up how about mooning mooning people in the car next to you mature judgment <laughs> Yeah, it, it's mature judgment can be, it can, um, they can stack the charges on you as a candidate. You know, it's, it's something that can slap on for a lot of stuff because it just applies to a lot of stuff. A mature judgment, it does. Can, you know, it just, it just is like an additional charge on your ass. But um, I have a, <laughs> we had a lot of uh, candidates that had that problem. Like even um, that was one I dealt with a candidate who was uh, in a relationship with like a, uh, you know, crazy, crazy woman, crazy girl. We've all dated someone crazy, like to someone who just freaks out and calls the police on you or does this stuff. And uh, I had a candidate that um, broke up with this person and then got back together with them and cops got called and nothing happened, but it was like, it just was in addition to other things that was on this person's background where it was like, and you're with them now. <laughs> Like, this is the person that's like, you, you can just see through your, you know, you have some experience and knowledge. You're like, this isn't the one. And she, and she is now ruining your chances here because, you know, this is going to be, this is a ticking time bomb, this one. And it's just, that's a, that's a mature judgment thing. That's a, that's something kids do, you know, stick with the, stick with the crazy girlfriend or boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, oh, good. Sorry. I think just in that sense, like, kind of measuring out the things that you've done that would kind of fall under that blank. Yeah. It would just be like tick marks against you. Like, Oh, there's three instances of what I think it would, it would matter to the, like the, to, to the degree that they were bad judgment or to the, like the level of how many of these do you have in your past that we can kind of chalk up to this. 
would be like if you have if you have three of them may not be that bad if you were at such and such age but if if you have like a history of that repeating that might not look too good yeah i had yeah. a kid that was like street racing a lot like he was racing his buddies it was like what are you doing you're like street racing like six months ago you were street racing it's like yeah <laughs> stupid uh, there's a lot of things that people don't consider. It's not just knucklehead stuff that you did when you were 14 or 15. It can be adult stuff. And um, so mature judgment is just exactly what, what it says. You can't, there's a time when you can do knucklehead stuff, but if you're doing knucklehead stuff like a year before you apply, that's probably going to, that's probably not going to work for you. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but uh, our next one is a, uh, is a, uh, uh, respect for others. Respect for others is huge. And Steve made a comment about it before. Respect for others like domestic violence. Um, and respect for others. Also, Christine, you brought up a really good point. What if you are using ACAB and you were calling cops names and things like that? That's respect for others. So anything that, that you um, can see. What about social media today? Can that be considered respect for others? Yep, totally. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there are uh, social media is like you just, so many cans we dealt with, Ken, we're just like, I don't have that account anymore. I deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> they're on to us, you know, they're like, undelete it. Yeah, don't so. delete, don't, uh, but don't doesn't that look, it. doesn't that look worse to you guys when yes. somebody just deleted it? But then, like, yeah. but if you can't prove anything, then what do you guys do in that, in that? instance i think it's better to keep your account and then just delete all the weird posts that you think are weird because then at least we can <laughs> yeah. look at it you know right especially if you're getting into it with people obviously you don't want to have you don't want to look immature uh to to your background investigator and that includes a lot of things that people do uh we're going to get into employment after this but things that happen at work where you get into petty arguments or things like that anything that has to do with respect for others the thing about backgrounds and i think steve can attest to this is it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what somebody else did to you if you responded like a child you'll probably end up getting dq'd because you look like the knucklehead yeah yeah absolutely you just reminded me of respect for others can the one one I had was uh, I had this city official from I'm not going to name. Well, he was a he was a firefighter and he was of rank and he was trying to become LAPD. And um, I get a call from his wife who because we have to speak his ex-wife and we have to speak to, you know, spouses, ex-spouses, whatever. And um, she was a cop and she went off about how insanely abusive this guy is. And she never called the police, but like through going through police academy, she realized what an abuser he was in a, in a controller and um, just laid the guy out crazy. And it was, uh, it was so bad. I brought it to our supervisors, obviously. And I was like, uh, the guy's How like, he's like sparkling clean, except for this ex. And she doesn't seem malicious. She, she seems genuinely concerned about this guy getting authority. So you guys do factor in though how you said she didn't seem malicious. You factor in like how you said everybody's dated like their crazy ex or whatever. Generally, somebody that like, somebody that would just be angry and trying to get back at them and like try smear to them. Find a second source, okay. someone someone to confirm <laughs> your. And I did. I found a neighbor that was like 
this guy flies up there. He's got a wicked temper. Yikes. And I was like, oh, really? Tell me about it. And uh, she had, the wife had lived there with him and she had witnessed stuff. So I said, ah, so, okay. So this looks like this actually might be a problem. Uh, he was like a captain. So um, that respect for others thing is, can be really, really dicey. Yeah. He never actually, he never actually like, the, the abuse never came to the point of like um, her needing to call for help or call the police or, or even really that physical, but just psychologically the way the guy was. And, you know, and when right. we interview people, we get a feel for people and we feel like, sometimes we feel like, Hmm, person's kind of strange. Like they feel, they give me a weird vibe, you know? Well, that, it's also risky too. Cause just because it hasn't gotten to that point yet, doesn't mean that it won't. Or like, you know, what could drive him to do, do something that would be, physical exactly. that he hasn't done before you yeah you start getting worried i, I don't know but you can but as a background investigator you start getting worried about putting your your stamp of approval on somebody you know like that always it, it, it to me it was always like i'm going to be super cautious and if i recommend dq and it gets overturned okay i did my job i'm not that's it right but if yeah, i green, you know if you green light somebody and then they come back you know dorner or somebody it's like oh <laughs> uh, boy that's yeah, what and, sucks is oh, go ahead no you go ahead oh geez i i think that's what sucks is everybody it's good to be cautious obviously period but especially nowadays i feel like people in a back in a position of backgrounds or people in a position to get hired for law enforcement it's kind of at a at like a weird standstill because they're hurting for people to want to do this job i think but then background investigators are also terrified of losing their job because of what's going on. So it's kind of, it kind of makes it, it's an interesting like dynamic there is trying to be like super careful and cautious to not hire somebody that could potentially be in that position. But also like, how do you toe that line between like, yeah, we need people, but how do you not lower the standard in order to get people? Oh, yeah, Ken and I remember when someone screws up in backgrounds, it's like, all right, who did his background? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. Like, First thing they do well, it wasn't me. is uh, <laughs> they come back and look at the background as if the background investigator cover, did the whole hiring process. Like, yeah. what is that? Uh, one of the things that you brought up, Christine, is the, is the crazy ex. And I tell you right now, crazy exes can sink backgrounds because yeah. it always, I mean, man, did we have... How, how, uh, so you're divorced. How did, uh, how did that go? Ah, oh, man, she hates me. She hates me. Is she going to say anything bad about you all day long, all day long? And you'll probably have to break for lunch and come back because she's got <laughs> so much stuff to say about me. Um, and, and, uh, so my advice to people who have issues in relationships, this is a respect for respect for others is that you want to break up very, very pleasantly. You want to break up very pleasantly and you want to be on good terms with your ex. And that is not just people you're married to, but it also is boyfriends, girlfriends, because I don't, I don't know what your, what your thing was, Steve on it. But if anything, if somebody broke up with somebody within, I'd say six months, I would interview that ex. Definitely. You know, yeah. and the best thing is to, is at the end of it, uh, when you break up with someone, you just go ahead and do an exit interview, uh, sit them down and say, so, oh, did it, um, is the breakup, uh, did, is there anything we can do for you? 
<laughs> on your way out barely the door. distribute the property <laughs> you know, i think i think unfortunately like some people you could be the most am it could be the most amicable thing you could be the most mature person the nicest like possible way about it and some people are still going to be crazy but just yeah. yeah definitely definitely doing what you can to to try to eliminate any any factors for that is helpful yeah and that can that can be a big issue and uh steve was correct in that for me and for him uh, we just don't take one person's word as the gospel. I usually try and get someone to corroborate it. And you, there has to be more than one person, uh, especially if it's a crazy person. I'd like to have one more person saying, yeah, this happened or anything like that. Right. But uh, respect for others is pretty, pretty important. Also, in, in, in this year that we're in, where everybody's offended by something, and the law backs them oh my gosh that you know what about sexual harassment and um you know i don't know uh somebody makes a complaint about you because you misgendered them or anything like that all these things uh can play into it although i don't think i would probably dq somebody for a lot of this stuff but just remember respect for others covers a lot a lot of different of different areas um, yeah, absolutely. So going into the next one, um, employment. Steve, we had so many people that got DQ'd for employment issues. Um, some of them some of them were DQ's because they got write-ups and things like that, and they didn't tell us about it. That's, hmm. that's an honesty thing. But what's your take, uh, Steve, on employment issues uh, as far as what types of things in employment can get you in trouble in your background? Um, obviously, disciplinary stuff. And then even like punctuality, like if you it really depends on your employer. Like when we worked Southern California, one of our best buddies was in and out Burger. They are mm. they keep track of everything. You can't have visible tattoos. <laughs> you you have to be creased and pressed pants, all white, um, any little infraction. So it, we used to joke like if we get an in and out employee and their personnel record for them checks out, they're good to go. They're good <laughs> hire. Um, but you know, little things like um, you know, just uh, when you talk to the supervisor and some it's it gets tricky because a lot of them don't want liability and you try to tell them like in California, there's a peace officer thing where you say like, Hey, you know, there, you know, you can speak freely because you know, your business, um, if we hired this person and you said they were okay, but they weren't, you know, there's some verbiage in this law. I forget the chapter and section, but there's some verbiage in this law that could come back on you. Like you need to tell me, is this person, you know, should they be a police officer or not? Cause they try, some places will try not to talk to you at all. Um, but they'll tell you like, you know, about uh, punctuality, um, following orders, all those things that would relate to police work, you know, kind of, they kind of add up. And like we said before, we try to, you know, cooperate it with other jobs and we take into account how long ago it was, you know, where, what the, what the job was like, what the boss was like. And, you know, like, it, you know, it's, you talk to the boss and then you also talk to a couple of coworkers and ask about the boss. Was he a reasonable guy? You know, like then you kind of triangulate the whole thing and then you get a picture of what the person was like. But um, I think punctuality and discipline is um, a big thing in abuse of time. That's another thing where you'll get candidates say like, well, you know what? I wasn't actually sick, but I had like sick time and like everybody was doing it. So I just felt that I earned the day off or, 
but you're lying. You know, you're not, you weren't sick, but you took the sick day. You know, that, that type of thing that people don't think is a big deal is a big deal to, to police agencies. Mm-hmm. You know, it gets people in tr- trouble most of the time is when they, they get write-ups and they don't keep track of them. Yeah. And then if you, if you're a background investigator and you go and review a file and the person says, I got written up twice and they got written up five times. You need to keep track of that stuff because that's a DQ. You failed to disclose your write-ups. Christine, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say on top of that, like um, maybe like being fired or yeah, like gaps in employment too, having to explain that. Like why were you unemployed for six months or a year in between these two places that you worked or. Good point. Who's supporting you during that time? Where are you getting money? Mm -hmm. How are you paying for things? Yeah. Are you selling drugs? Exactly. What are you doing? Yeah. Also. You into reefer? <laughs> <laughs> One of the you just reminded me of that that movie Reefer Madness. Have you guys ever seen that? <gasps> Reefer Madness. Reefer will make uh, you go crazy. Uh, and as and with employment, um, there's things that people do like they'll uh, they'll get unemployment and then they'll they won't uh, they'll get overpaid. And those things will go. You need to keep track of all this stuff with regard to your employment. When you're, when you have um, uh, gaps in your employment and things like that. Uh, also, another big deal with employment, Steve. How many people did you do backgrounds on where they worked for someone under the table? Yeah, I always felt for those people. They don't. They don't. They don't pay taxes, and they're working under the table a lot. And it, you know, a lot of it is like family business. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I don't technically have a job. I work for my uncle. Well, I've worked for them for five years. And I, you know, that's I fully support myself off my uncle's car wash, mobile car wash business. But uh, he pays me under the table. So, you know, it's, he, he might not want to talk about it. It's like, oh, boy. Yeah, because that opens up a whole can of worms. And and you need to, well, a lot of times you need to go amend your tax return. If you oh, want yeah, to I've seen that. I remember our buddy Pat told a guy, like, go ahead and pay your taxes for the last five years, then come back. It was like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Right. <laughs> Christine's her, her eyes are like biggest saucers, saucers right now. Go what? Uh, that's yeah, that's crazy. A, that's a big deal. People don't think about getting paid under the table, but you have to account for gaps in employment and things like that, and where you're getting your money. And if totally. you've been working for somebody under the table, um, it's fine. But you need to you need to disclose the income because that is a respect for the law issue. Yeah, paying yeah. taxes. And the first thing the background investigator will say, well. I got to pay my taxes. So you got to pay your taxes too. You can see it in their face when you tell them that they're like, like totally, <laughs> you know, they, and you're, you don't necessarily disagree where you're like, yeah, hey, good for you. You know, get what you can from the government, you know, don't let them, don't, don't let them dip into your pockets. But cause we're all told that, you know, from a young age, like, no, 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 just, you know, do it under the table. That's the thing. But then when they're faced with like the law, they're like, Oh wait, that is not legal. Is it? It's like, <laughs> not it's not legal it's funny i don't know all the ins and outs of the tax laws i think there's certain amount you have to make within a certain amount in a year before you have to you have to file a tax return i don't know anything about that this is not a tax show so i don't really know but i do know (laughs) that if you if you get paid under the table you need to be careful with that um if you do get paid under the table I would, my first thing is to just, just go ahead and disclose it because if you want to be a police officer, they're going to ask you about that. You have to do it. Even if you get paid under the table, making sure that it's such a minuscule amount that it's not even an amount that you'd get taxed on. 
Like, I think even doing the research to figure that out, because then that covers you too. Like, you know, maybe you work for, you're a college student, you work for a family member to get gas money or whatever. That's not going to be enough income throughout the annual year yeah, for you, you could to tell have them, to pay I, taxes I made, on it. I made under $600. So I didn't right. or whatever. Yeah. And that's fine. Um, another thing with employment that comes and bites people back on the butt is, is you should go and look at the personnel files for any employer that you think you had a problem with, because I guarantee you, you can have a bad relationship with an employer and you say, here's my resignation letter. And you walk out the door and then your background investigator goes back and in the file, this guy was the biggest jerk, insubordinate, blah, blah, blah. And so you should you should check out your state's laws. In California, you can check your employment file, whether you are a current employee or, or an ex-employee. And I don't know, and all states aren't like that. Some are, some are, you have a year to do that or whatever. But man, I would go and check my personnel files if I think there's there's an employer that could be a problem. You'd be surprised what people put in your file after you leave. Oh yeah, I um I actually had a funny one with that where this kid this employer wouldn't release the records to me. So I I I cut and paste that law about employers cooperating with police background investigators. <laughs> They agreed finally, and they sent me the the kid's timesheets and how many times he was late and all that didn't jive with what he told me. Then, like Ken's telling you to go check it out so you know, good idea. Do not confront your employer because no. this friggin' kid went went back to his employer because he knew they were battling not giving me the the records and chewed them out. And said, you're mm. blowing my chances. What are you doing? I get in my email two weeks later, the exact same records with his lates redacted and changed. So now I have two sets. I have the original set and another set changed to not late. <laughs> this kid had, his father was a retired cop. And I had, I was being visited like weekly by a captain asking like, how's he doing? What's going on? Yeah. He was like, Oh boy. Like I, I have to give it to LAPD. I was never pressured to get this kid through or anything. He genuinely just was friends with this kid's dad and wanted to know how's he doing. And um, when this started to unravel and it just got worse from there, you know, he's, he's shouting at his employer to change the records and you know, all this stuff. Um, it was, it was pretty nuts. He ended up, that's, kind of funny and surprising though that his employer like did him a solid and helped him out with that like i mean they didn't actually end up helping him out but they intended to right like when they get they get they get freaked out when they get contacted by police background investigators they they're like yeah either they don't want to share the records or they are you know they is he going to find out that i that i gave him these records like is is there any confidentiality involved here and it does seems it doesn't some some of them it doesn't matter what you tell them and this was like a law firm so they were well, even yeah. more tweaked. There's law. There's laws about it though, but you also typically will sign like a waiver, right? Allowing yes. allowing the background investigator permission to be able to seek that documentation, right? Oh, absolutely. So you sign your sign your life away. Yeah, and the smart thing to do is is if you think that a, a, an employer is not going to cooperate with the background investigator, go down there and and get copies of anything you can get copies of to have it ready to go because. 
Uh, some employers will not cooperate with backgrounds. Um, yeah. <laughs> there are people that I've, I've called up and I said, Hey, uh, um, I'm doing a background on so-and-so for the Los Angeles police department. And they go, I don't want to get involved. I said, I'm <laughs> no, thank you. Just doing a background. I'm, I'm just doing a background. We don't want any. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that people say that to me. Please and don't so here. whatever you can get from your employer, go for it and get it. Um, that's important. And of course, uh, there's other things like sexual harassment stuff, uh, uh, being rude to other employees, anything that's, uh, that could cause a, an issue. Plus, my best advice to anybody with regard to employment is be a model employee. Don't get into it with anybody. Any, because it's not just what's in your record. People, they're going to want to talk to people at those employers. And if they say bad things about you, and if they get two, three people saying the same bad stuff about you because you were a jerk, that's not going to, that's not going to end well for you. That'll probably so end up in a DQ. What do you do when the employer refuses to work with you? Because that doesn't um, fall back on the on the applicant, right? It's not their fault. Well, you no. can ask the applicant to go get the records. Right. Oh, okay. And they have to give it to him or her. Gotcha. And another thing to do is I used to do it all the time when the employers don't talk to us. I'd say, okay, get me the cell phone numbers for your boss and two coworkers. And I'm going to call them um, behind the scenes. And it's going to be a personal reference, <laughs> a personal reference, not an employment reference. And so they would do that and I'd get the information. There's, there's ways to get the information, but mm -hmm. um, overall, I think quite a number of employers would, would talk to us, right, Steve? I feel like the vast majority would. Yeah. Some, some people tell you stuff where you're like, whoa, this guy's really letting it rip. Like he, they don't even yeah. ask for the waiver. They just start no. talking and you're like, no. wow, okay, thank you. Very and good. with three, with regard to the waiver too, you're going to sign a waiver, a release and waiver uh, when you apply. And that waiver, basically you're signing away your life. It says that the background investigator can get any information that they want from anybody and they can look at any files and um, you give us permission. You're just basically signing your life away for the background investigator to look at anything they want and anybody to talk to you. Military, military, Steve. How can you get in trouble with the military serving the country? How can you possibly get DQ'd out of the military? Oh, Dishonorable I, discharge. Plenty of DQ's <laughs> in the military, which is unbelievable. But um, yeah, I mean, one of I've had ones that were like um, theft of military equipment. Mm -hmm. You know, they they were like, um, oh, we had these things on base, and you know, Sergeant So and So. Um, said I could have it and I took it, but then Lieutenant so-and-so came along and said, Hey, I saw that you had this on your property. That's, that's government, that's government owned. You can't have that. And he came and took it away. Then, it, then you talk to the Sergeant Lieutenant, like no one said he could have that. He just stole it. <laughs> like, he stole that from us. And, you know, we took it easy on him and, you know, stuff like stuff like that. The people leave the military, they take stuff with them. Um, people there's, what's it called? Uh, an 11 Ken? disciplinary uh, page 11 article 15. page 11 that that's great. the thing that that sucks is they'll like um they'll tell you they're squeaky clean and then you get this page 11 back with all this stuff on it and you're like dude mm -hmm. you knew that this was on there why are why were you why would you not tell me and and a lot of it's not dequeuable but now they've lied the honesty thing again mm -hmm. you know um yeah i had a lot of um military um people that Jeez, I had this one that was so friggin' weird. It was um, 
one of his references told me that they went to a training for, it was in the Air Force. Air Force candidates seem to be the weirdest to me. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of, I don't know why. It's just the Air Force people just seem. No I mean, offense to anybody that works in Air Force that's listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not you, not you Air Force person, but all the other techie weirdos that work there. Um, I had an Air Force person that had like, um, you know, he was, uh, he was um, propositioning other Air Force soldiers um about sexual things and and uh, uh swinging and all this stuff mm-hmm. and he had and they reported it they're like we're at this training this guy wants to you know you know you know have sex with me when his wife is there watching or whatever and it's like what it's like she and she reported you and you knew she reported you and there was like a little like you know captain's mass or whatever about it and they just don't tell you and they're like they, a lot of these people think that like you're not gonna get it Mm-hmm. They're like you. How many times have you just sat on a file, Ken, and been like, "Okay, I'm waiting for your military." Um, you're the one that gave me the way that soldiers get their military stuff online and then can give it to you. Mm-hmm. So I actually had a nice little PDF with like everything circled and how to do it. So <laughs> that Ken made, I just sent it to him. Like, well, they're like, "Well, I talked to my um, staff sergeant, and uh, he doesn't know how to get it." And I'm like, "Oh, really? I have this document that can tell you how." <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh, yeah, okay, online." And then you won't hear from him for two months. <laughs> Yeah. maybe the really? number of maybe the like they do weird stuff like that so often like there's certain people that do weird things they do it so often that they just like can't remember because they do so much weird stuff yeah there are, that, people, no? there are yeah. people like that but the military you can count on it is the military they are detailed they yeah they document everything and <clears throat> excuse me when you when you get a, a file for the military, their personnel file, I don't know, I don't know the official term for it, but that has from the time they went into their recruiter and that initial application where it says how much dope you used as a yeah. teen or whatever, it's on that page. So if you're in the military and we're going to get your record, don't even bother lying about your, your dope use. Yeah, you get um, their little 18-year-old scribbles. <laughs> <laughs> And they and, and there's all kinds of stuff in there, but their record keeping is crazy. And plus, the military's brutal when it comes to the smallest things. Like you, you get you you get a ticket for speeding, it goes up to your commanding officer, and it goes up, to, and you get an article. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you record. get you guys look at on base speeding, dude. I asked <laughs> you if you ever got a ticket for speeding. I didn't say on base or off base. <laughs> yeah, is there a difference? Yeah, and so they are super, super strict, but super, super, <laughs> super strict. <laughs> I don't have enough spit in my mouth to say that, but uh, yeah. So I mean, there's all kinds of things in there that they're just and 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 Steve, I remember the 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 military package that we would get. It'd be like a hundred pages, and maybe three of them we could use. Oh, uh, three of them, yeah. So, but you'd have to go through the whole thing to find those pages. But but uh, when you get that stuff, you'd be surprised how how detailed the military is. So um, when you get and the, the military also have military police where they do police reports if they get called out to your house or something or sure. you get drunk or whatever. You know. It's very detailed, like you said. They they record everything. Like I had a page eleven on a kid that I had to really dig. It was very brief. He didn't. It was about a pol a policy. It looked like he didn't it looks like he violated a regulation 
And then come to find out, talking to like a lieutenant commander, he's like, oh, he just forgot to sign the new tattoo policy. But yeah. then he, he signed it three weeks later. I'm like, and you, that's a page 11? He's like, yep. Yeah. Damn, man. You just extended this kid's background like three months because I'm well, trying to track this down, what the hell this means. And which yeah. sucks for us because he, you know, good candidate like that could have got picked up somewhere else in the meantime, a smaller agency that doesn't go that deep, you know? Um, but hey, this is what it is. Like Ken said, they, they, they record everything. Yeah. So don't, uh, and, and don't, you know what, if, if, if there's something to happen in the military, just tell us about it because you probably won't get hired. If, uh, we think there's something in your military record and you, can't get the the copy of the military record that's in in this in 2021 saying you can't find your file that's just not going to fly because almost everything is online there's a way yeah. to get it yeah so. and i got like a little word to the wise too for military guys because they can get on facebook while they're overseas um <laughs> don't just take it no. easy because you will post things in life and death situations that in and word them in a way that you would not when you're trying to get a job as a cop, because I, you know, God bless these guys and gals going over there, but you, the, the, some of the stuff they put out there on social media when they're overseas in these situations about the enemy, uh, about women, about men, about whatever are like, they're Yikes. just seen as either it's just racist, homophobic, or chauvinist. Mm -hmm. You might be joking, but <laughs> once it, you know, once we have screenshots of it and it makes it into the system, it's no, it's no good. It's no, it's no bueno, as they say, Ken. No bueno. Uh, yeah, you or can't somebody, be or somebody, somebody's viewing it out of context or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, or even you know, they're just talking about, you know, Hodgies or Sandy buttholes. There's one I saw like in like uh, yeah. using um, faggot, like stuff like that. Like, yeah, that is not socially acceptable. Like, and it's not something people want police officers saying, you know, it's 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 offensive. But I get it. You're over there in these situations and you're, you know, you're with your bros and you're, you know, you're riding and dying and or ride or die type situations. Um, it, I think it, it's just very wise. Not if you do post just delete all those posts later, because <laughs> they are not good. Yeah. A lot of stuff that's, that's camaraderie based in the military and in, in situations like that, where you're, where you're in life and death situations, uh, it doesn't translate into the civilian world. So Steve's correct. I had, um, I had a candidate that, uh, was talking about his exploits in the military in the Middle East and talking about how they, they were in this firefight and they killed all these guys and all that. That's, you know what, God bless you for serving our country, but that stuff does not translate into civilian backgrounds. Um, no. And it just doesn't look good. If, if, if you don't get DQ'd in that type of a scenario in backgrounds, then psych will probably DQ you because they don't want people who get excited about killing other people. You know, right. that's just probably not going to do it. Uh, Steve, finances. Christine, finances. Money. Oh, money. Man. Can money get you in trouble? Why can money get you in trouble? 
Because it displays Why? responsibility or a lack thereof, like in terms of whether you have debt or whether you're going to be somebody that's in can financial desperation, like mm -hmm. you, you'll do anything to pay this debt off, type of thing. Right. Like, yeah. You know. And that, why that's important because, uh, with regard to finances, when when cops get in trouble in narco, because they do all these busts with millions of dollars in cash, and who's going to see that money if you don't have? If they suspect that you uh, that you're not you don't have it together with your finances, and you could get desperate because you're a gambler or whatever it is, I don't know, um, th there's a possibility you could steal money. So you, they look at finances in your record and sure. bankruptcies. I have, I've had candidates, I don't know about you, Steve, but I've had candidates with more than one bankruptcy. Yikes. Yeah. And collections. If you have one, if you have a dollar in collections, likely you're not going to get hired. Yeah. Or even just, you know, a bankruptcy and then some delinquency on a credit card is like, geez, you just claim bankruptcy. And now, you know, you got yeah. a credit card with $500 limit is all you could get. And now you're delinquent on that. Mm, yeah. That's like, yeah. self that's a self-control issue. That's, that's like, that's a problem. So do you guys take any consideration people with student loan debt or if they're like on time, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Really? I mean, the amount of debt isn't as important as you being current on it. But right. If you're going, if I've had candidates that declared bankruptcy or had collections and just, uh, and they got a 2021 new car. Oh yeah. Or yeah. they're in collections and they, you just came back from Vegas. You know, that's just irresponsible. And it doesn't show that you're taking your financial responsibilities, um, seriously. So finances are a big deal. Collections, uh, bankruptcies, charge offs. Uh, if you owe the IRS, it shows up on your credit report. All that stuff's important. So finances will probably is probably uh, something that they're going to have very little um, uh, mercy on you for that. And and Steve, I never did this, but I've known agencies that have where when we worked for LAPD, if you were current, if you didn't have any collections and you were current, but some some um, some background investigators will look at those little those little symbols or whatever you call it those little codes on the credit report that say how 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 long you were late and all this kind oh, of stuff yeah. and i was just concerned whether they owed money or or your debt to credit ratio and all these type of things some background investigators will look at uh, you had one and three and one and three or whatever and i remember I that. Did that yeah yeah but, that's like you were you know in december of 2018 you were late or you late. know like yeah they all designate something different i'm with you as long as i was told as long as they're not in co in collections or behind currently it's okay. so essentially as long as they display like an ability to pay with their current income or whatever they would be fine yeah yeah it sounds like some yeah. guys get into it like they were loan like mortgage officers you know like well your debt to re <laughs> income ratio is not yeah. really working out here I never, and but some agencies may do that as a, as a rule. Another yeah. thing in, in in finances is obviously collections. But what people don't think about, I've had I've had candidates that uh, I say, "Where's your Where's your um, college transcript?" Oh, um, I can't I can't get it. Why can't you get it? Well, they're not releasing it because I owe money. That's a collection. If you can't get your college transcripts because you owe money. 
that's a collection you and and they go and i've had candidates that have paid like twelve hundred dollars in back fees for to the college to get their freaking to get their transcripts yeah it's pretty sad actually yeah 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 that's a collection parking tickets will do that even if you have Mm -hmm. unpaid parking tickets to a university they won't release your transcripts yeah and without the transcripts you won't get hired so i'm telling you right now if you cannot get your college transcripts because you owe them money don't bother applying until you pay that off absolutely yeah so we're moving down to driving history driving history bites people on the butt all the time oh my gosh all the time man so and there are some agencies that will you know some agencies go back three years some go back five years some go back seven some agencies on your tickets go back 10 years or forever and i've i've had gotten calls from people i've said i've got this phs and they want to know every traffic ticket i've ever had i'm like what <laughs> christine have you ever had that happen <laughs> nope so i mean um there are some, some and you got to do it. You got to figure it out how to, how to, I mean, if you had so many traffic tickets, you don't remember them all, but, um, but driving history is big because you're, you could be driving a police car at these high speeds. And if you can't drive, man, you got drive. That's a, such a huge. They're all, but wait, I'm showing you. I can speed. <laughs> I can speed. Yeah. I'm good I can at drive. it because that's a that's a huge risk manage, management thing uh because if they if they go back and they subpoena your your background investigating it shows that you had a horrible driving record and then but the officer now you're an officer now and you killed some people during a pursuit city's gonna pay man so that's not they're not very uh, forgiving he's gonna pay and so driving history is a big big deal um and that includes tickets accidents at fault accidents if you got a lot of at fault accidents or you have a lot of tickets and that goes up to respect for the law right driving (laughs) connects a lot of them respect for law mature judgment respect for others i mean employment were you working when you did it you know like that it, it can People think it's minor, but I remember doing this one kid. Um, a couple of his, uh, a couple of his employers had remarked he's a pizza delivery kid, and uh-huh. he they remarked about his driving, or they got complained from customers about his driving, uh, about squealing tires and driving <laughs> and stuff. So <laughs> I sat down the at, back. How's my driving? It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. So I sat down at Domino's, you know. And I sat there, backed in the parking lot, just kind of waiting. I'd already talked to his boss. She said he was out. He'll be back. And here he comes. This little, you know, <laughs> this little um, lowered Honda Civic with a huge fin on the back with an exhaust about this big around. I picture, you know, I picture like the slide, slides into the I, parking lot. This sixteen-year-old kid that works at Little Nero's from uh, Home Alone. <laughs> he yes. bumps, he bumps into their statue. That exact kid. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm like, yeah, that looks about right. Driving history also includes uh, equipment violations. Like if you're a street racer and you have loud exhaust and you've got tickets for that. Uh, you've a uh, big one, Steve and Christine tinted windows. Yes. 
Tinted yep. windows. I've I've known police officers got tickets for tinted windows. So, Tint tickets are big money too. Yeah, and here's another here's another respect for the law issue. I've had candidates had more than one ticket for tinted windows. Why? Because they got a ticket. They don't get them fixed. No, they do get it fixed because you got to go get it signed off, right? Then they turn right around and go get their windows tinted again. Wow. Oh, yeah. oh I know people that have a whole system, a tint guy that takes it off. They get, <laughs> you know, in Massachusetts, you have to get inspected every year. You get an inspection and then they put it back on, you know. Yeah. So that that's a, that's a, a, a something that could be respect for the law or driving. But anyways, you know, like like speeding, speeding. Have you ever gone over 100 miles? Uh, have What type of tickets are you getting? And um, equipment, and not only equipment, but uh, moving violations, stop signs. I tell people, if you're going to go into backgrounds, if you're going to apply to be a police officer, you drive like an, a little old lady. And if oh, people yeah. get mad at you because you completely stop at the light and then you make your right turn, let them get mad at you. You cannot afford a ticket. Um, some agencies, if you get two or three tickets, you're out. You're out. And, and it depends on the agency how long you're going to be out. But uh, driving is one of the worst, one of the worst. Christine, you're a good driver, so you don't have to worry about that. The part that makes me nuts is when people, like, don't stay in their immediate lane. Like, when they're making a left turn, they don't stay in the immediate left lane. That's yeah. when Christine when starts her road rage. Or when, they, or when they're turning <laughs> right. Or when they're turning right and they don't stay in the immediate right lane. So, technically, you should be able to turn at the same time, but. Like yeah. there, there's a meme that on Facebook was going around. It was like, share the hell out of this because nobody has any idea. Like, I'm like, who gave you a license? I live in the beautiful Pacific Northwest and I was driving on the I-5 freeway just today. And uh, in my immediate area, there were no less than four, four state trooper cars stopping people on the freeway. Good. Ooh, they'll sting. So, well, it, that's the other thing. <laughs> Sheriff Mark Lamb, he's the, he's so cool. He, um, he was doing like videos, like just stopping people to, um, to, to warn them because people on the freeway, they don't move over. Like they just coast in the left lane and that's supposed to be a passing lane. You're supposed to get back over. So mm -hmm. don't do that either. That's for people going a hundred or over. Do not be in that lane. If you're going to do 90 or below, you know, that's not cool at all. Drugs. Just pass them and then coast back into the right lane. We got two more things here. We and, and uh, drugs and alcohol. Drugs. Yeah, party time. I was in a podcast last week, I think, and we we were talking about DQ issues on this podcast, and uh, and I told them they were asking me about drugs. I said drugs. Drugs are the the standards for drugs are the holy grail of any background unit. You will never ever ever get the standards don't me. tell we will never tell you um so we can't go into detail about drugs in some ag no. some agencies do straight up tell you you know i noticed that you said you've said that before and some agencies have have uh i've talked to people from other other agencies who've told me that and you can go on their website and it's detailed right there yeah, I think like, it depends don't, from state. Don't say 95 <laughs> times for smoking weed. It's best that you say below 95 times. 95 yeah, I think it's, it's different from state to state. Yeah. 
So, let me. Uh, so, look that up if you need to. So, drugs. Yeah, that's the one that gets gets Kane. It's real squirrely too, because in squirrely, in the back of their mind, word. in the back of their mind, they know pot is way more acceptable now. But also, they know they can't do it too many times. So they're like, well, you know, everybody tries pot. I tried pot, <laughs> but uh, it was only 32 times. <laughs> if my memory serves me, I can't remember that well. There was, was only 32. <laughs> yeah, is 32. Then could you give me some kind of up or down? Or, um, but then with the hard drugs, people are always a hard no. That's like... You know, with Coke and heroin and whatever, yeah. that's the poly will pop them on that and be like, well, you, you know, it seems like you might have done, you know, some kind of hard drug. But uh, they, I think they know better than that. But, um, you know, we had, we had pretty strict rules on, there was a number for pot and I don't mm -hmm. even remember it and I wouldn't share it, but um, it, it's, it was pretty liberal. And I think the idea is that, um, you know, the agency just doesn't doesn't want to think or believe that you're a, a are or have ever been a pothead. You know, like they just don't want to to think that. And a lot of the management and police departments are old school. They're these are guys and gals that pulled people out of cars and arrested them and put them in jail for pot. Like this is not mm -hmm. to them the legalization of weed is like mind blowing because I've worked with some of these older guys that are like, I can't believe this. Um, so yeah, if you're walking in thinking pot's not a big deal, it's kind of a deal. Like you, you can't be like, I had one, I had a, a DQ where, and again, it's honesty. Like so many of these things come back to honesty, Ken, like it's just, mm -hmm. he, there was a pot brownie involved and it was like, um, I didn't know it was a pot brownie, but I ate it. And I was like, oh, dude, what is this, a movie? You didn't know it was a pot brownie, but you ate it, and then you felt weird. And then he's like, well, I didn't know. And then like, I talked to the host of the party, and she was like, well, they were individually wrapped from a dispensary, so I don't know how you wouldn't have known. Because now she's defensive. She's like, well, I'm not getting in trouble for drugging somebody. Like These were wrapped individually, and they said pot brownie on the top of them. I'm like, really? But then I talked to someone else at the party, and they go, <clears throat> no they weren't like his his girlfriend at the time was like no they weren't marked it was a total mistake but then christine and ken they broke <laughs> up and i get a call from the girlfriend again and she goes oh no dun, dun, I, dun, dun. <laughs> I lied he made me lie they were pot brownies he knew she, well, actually they were meth brownies <laughs> yeah he was so high on meth it, just, it was crazy and he just, killed my dog kidding. yeah just just and it got so wild that it was like, dude, like, I don't, I couldn't hold that against him because now you have a jaded lover. So that is something different. And she's friends with the host of the party. So that yeah. whole thing was like, I had to have a conference like with people I worked with, like, what is going on here? But what it came down to was, was like, and then they end up getting back together. So then it was um, like, okay, listen. No, that's poor judgment. This, this is poor judgment, <laughs> maturity, possibly drugs the whole thing together. And the thing is, I liked this kid. So I was like, well, also not even that fact, but the fact that he hangs out with people that use marijuana or you, know. you know what I mean? I know that's, and um, that's a big deal. Yeah. And he worked, um, his background was fun too, because it was like, he worked for studios and stuff. So I got to go into cool places, but, um, I ended up just telling him like, you need a little, 
you need a little respite. I think you need to take a little <laughs> break, buddy, because this your background's is like a rodeo. We've been at it for a while, and it's getting worse. And um, you know, That's yeah, funny. it ended it ended up okay. And yeah, I don't want to give too it many just keeps it just keeps getting worse. He killed my dog. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing my dog as a portal to another dimension. It's like oh, it's so high. I'm like, dude, this can't go on. So. Yeah, you got to be careful with who you hang out with too, with regard to drugs. You may never use drugs, but if you're hanging out with people who use, you know, drugs, that makes you associated with them. And you cannot hang out with drug users and approve of it, and then go arrest drug drug users when you get hired. Yeah. It just doesn't work that way. Oh yeah, um, devil's lettuce. Friends will say the damnedest things, right, Ken? They'll be like, oh yeah, yeah. they'll tell you. Ken will say, never done drugs, and then you talk to the your friend. Oh yeah, he doesn't smoke a lot of pot. He, can barely, he can't handle it. No. He gets crazy. No. You're like, oh, really? He gets crazy, huh? Hard it's like, your friends are like so your bad. worst enemies. And and one of the reasons people get DQ'd for drugs a lot is because they'll go in and they they don't think about how much drugs they used, like marijuana. They'll go in and say, I used I used marijuana five times, and then at their poly, yeah, I used marijuana fifteen times. Well, you're done you're done because of the discrepancy in how many times you've used it you yeah. need to keep track and <laughs> if i was if i was to go back uh and tell uh, my very first candidate uh, about uh for for the background that i did on them i'd say count use a little notepad and count every time you use drugs because the exact number is what's going to get you uh to pass a polygraph yeah if you uh, don't know just have an honest thought in your mind because I know many a good candidate have, that have got confused themselves. Just don't change it. Just be like, I think it was that many and just stick with it. Because if you yeah. start rem remembering stuff and then adding to it, it's like you're trying to be honest, but you're, what you're doing is you're just, you're just making yourself look worse. So just pick a number and be like, that was it. That's just it. rememberize, rememberize the number. And be or honest, even if, be like, I think it was, I think it was 10 times. Like, right. I would, I would probably just tell them like, I don't, I don't know an exact number, but I can ballpark around. But you have to be comfortable. You, you have to come up yeah. with a number that you're going to pass a poly. I know yeah. one, yeah. I know one department that would ask the, the, the candidates, um, how many times have you used marijuana? Was it more than a hundred? Um, yeah, probably more than a hundred. Was it less than 500? Yeah, it was less than 500. And then you'd go to their background to review it, and it goes, 500 times marijuana. I'm like, what? And they say, I didn't say that. So they have this broad number <laughs> that they tell you. Um, but um, and another thing to keep in mind with regard to drugs is marijuana. I, I, I think I maybe know one department that's thinking about not using the federal standard for marijuana. But other than that, I don't know any agency. I don't care whether you live in Washington or Oregon or California or wherever marijuana is legal. I don't know any agency that says, oh, cool, it's legal by the state. Yeah, we're not going to count it. No, they go by the federal standard, which is yeah. illegal to use marijuana. Yeah. A little confusion there. So don't anybody that lives in one of those states, don't go, oh, cool, it's legal now. And then start like smoking 500. <laughs> Times I, per know month. Said that. I know cops from like in-service trainings have told the instructors like, well, it's legal. <laughs> and we're all like, it's not federally illegal, dummy. I hope you yeah, get smoking you. weed. <laughs> yeah. Who Just did this guy's background from... investigation? Yeah. <laughs> 
stay away from weed, man, because it's not, I don't know any agency that says that that's okay. Uh, and what their standards are, we don't know. It could be one time, it could be 2,000 times. I don't know. But you're well, not going to find think, out from me. And I think they also reserve the right as an agency. Like, just because their minimum standards are met doesn't mean that they can't be more strict than what's minimum required yeah. either. Oh, yeah. I mean, it could be totally legal. I mean, the, the feds are trying to legalize marijuana. But what if the department says, you can't ever use marijuana? We don't care. Yep. You know, then you can't use marijuana for that department. And you're going to be DQ'd for it. So let's talk about um, alcohol, and then we'll close this out. Uh, alcohol can be a big deal in that if, you, if you're doing something like, I have a lot of guys, uh, Christine and Steve, that have bar hopped, and they just keep getting drunk at, <laughs> from bar to bar to bar, and by the end of the time, they, can't, they have to be poured into their car. Is, mm. it, Ill, is it illegal? Uh, well, you can be drunk in public. Uh, does it look bad to be to be so drunk? And it depends how many times you're drunk. Yep. So, uh, drug uh, alcohol can get you in trouble, but it's it's what you do as a result of drinking the alcohol. Yeah. No. No. A lot of times, I saw that followed alcohol. I mean, a lot of things follow alcohol, but peeing in public. And <laughs> yeah. that, I mean, it's funny to say, but you can be caught up in lewd and lascivious acts like you can be in trouble if someone sees you and is offended you can battle a like level three sex offender type judgment on you yeah like it, it can get bad if and you're just trying to piss because you're hammered um I mean, that's Mind silly your own to business. Say, it really, it's silly to say and even for background investigators to look at we, we kind of chuckle but then we go well you know, it is kind of yeah. Stop getting so drunk that you have to take a piss in public. Yeah, exactly. And don't. Wow. I mean, the problem is you got caught. It's like, well, how dumb are you? We've all peed in public. You got caught. <laughs> What's bad is if you're if you're peeing in public because you you're drunk, but the you know you can get a you can get a ticket for peeing in public, but if they give you a ticket for indecent exposure, that looks worse. Yeah. 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 So I've had that happen at the at the end of at ballparks where the game is over. I drank a little too much beer. Mm -hmm. It's more difficult for the ladies, but guys, they just kind of whip it out, go pee right there. Um, So drinking a lot of times can get you into some can lead to problems, not generally uh, by getting drunk, because they don't really ask a lot of questions anymore about getting drunk because it has to do with, you know, ADA. And if you're, you have alcoholism and stuff like that, they can't ask you about that. But the things that happen as a result of getting drunk, getting in fights, a lot of times we see people getting fights because they got in a brawl with their best friend and we got in a fight <laughs> and we kicked each other's asses, but we're, we're, we're such good friends now. Yeah. Uh, but the drinking is what got you in trouble. So drinking just gets like, if you can, I are, I am a cop Ken was a cop for years. And how many of, how many of your screwed up calls had alcohol involved? Just all of them yeah. almost like, it's like alcohol yeah. just, just drives the train on drives the bus and all this stuff. And, uh, I, I can remember <laughs> talking to a candidate's friends, best buddies he grew up with and he go them going, Oh yeah, we were drinking and having a good time. And, um, you know, he's, we're always joking around, but nothing serious. I'm like, 
what do you mean you're always joking around but nothing serious like he's just volunteering the information I'm like what do you mean he goes well we were talking about how like you know chinese women can't drive and how uh you know <laughs> yeah. blacks are like the over the over um overwhelming problem with the city and i'm like uh he what and so he told me that stuff the kid said it when he was drinking and then i got a i got a call from the kid's aunt who said i'm afraid this kid's a racist um i'm afraid he's gonna you know be <laughs> be racist as a police officer kind of corroborating it <laughs> yeah i mean that's another you know going back to one of the things respect for others making jokes about people because of their race and things like yes. that that's that's one thing we should we should really hit on that one you should not like doing the little the little things that uh, mock Gestures. other races yeah so just be careful about that so um yeah alcohol can be anything from drunk driving to getting drunk in public i've had people that have been uh picked up for being drunk in public and then had to sit in the tank at the police station for you know till they sobered up this is not a good look you know yeah. so if you want to be a police officer just mind your, your alcohol use man because it just leads to domestic violence a lot of times has to do with getting Ooh. drunk yeah yeah you know, stuff like that so it's not a good look um did we miss anything i think this is the first time christine that we've actually had a whole list of things and we didn't i didn't want to miss anything and so is there anything i you guys can think of that i'm missing as far as what can be a dq issue i I don't think so. I think we covered the like majority of them. And if we didn't cover them specifically, I think they could fall under any of the things that we did cover. Let's not underestimate the candidates out there because they can <laughs> yeah. create all kinds of different scenarios that can fit into these. Yeah. So basically, um, do not drink and go take a baseball back and not not knock over post boxes, mailboxes, and then go cow tipping and you'll be fine. Is cow tipping illegal? Is that a thing? I don't even know. I don't, I've never seen cow tipping. They would probably put it under animal, animal um, abuse. Yeah. And that's a felony. Yeah. Or, that's or, up. What about malicious, malicious, malicious mischief? Malicious felony? mischief. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a crime. Yeah. yeah. That, that totally. doesn't fall on anything else. You know, spray painting. All that yep. kind of stuff can tagging, fall that. destroying tagging. property. This yeah. Cow tipping makes me sad. That's sad to think about. Should we give it? It is, isn't it? Like your poor cow's is asleep and she's literally not doing anything to you. You're the worst kind of person <laughs> if you do that. Oh, when you're a kid, you don't think the same. Can they get back up? I mean, they just gotta. No, they just do. They know. lay on their little backs and they're they're flailing their legs like that. I don't want to think about it anymore. I don't know. I've only been a country cop for. Um, four months i've not run into cow chipping bandits yet but <laughs> what i do it's going to be no mercy well this this episode went on for a long long time so i think we've pretty much covered it steve what a kick to have you here man we're this going is fun, to yeah. we're going to and this is going to be on uh, also things police see um oh yeah <laughs> after steve edits this episode <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little difficulties going on 
for uh, for our listeners, we had some technical glitches, man. This is, I think we've hit our technical glitches for the entire year with this one episode. So we're going to uh, we're going to piece this one together. And I keep joking with Steve that he's he he can edit it, but I'll I'll go ahead and edit it. It'll come out very professionally. It'll be fine. But if there's any little hiccups that you hear, it's because I was sewing it together with masking tape and whatever to get this <laughs> to get the sound all together. It was amazing what happened, but we. We we got it done. I think it's good. I think it's informative. I think uh, I think there's a wealth of knowledge here for people who are um, trying not to get DQ'd. That's yeah. for sure. Well, I appreciate you being here, and Christine is always. Heck uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, we will talk to you guys soon, and thank you. And also, as a little last little thing, Steve reminded me that um, you know, Christine, I haven't updated you on this, but we've got like closing in on closing in on 3,500 downloads in two months for our oh, podcast. Super sweet. <laughs> super, now, listen to that, 3,500 listens, and yet I've got 21 ratings on Apple Podcasts. Come on, so guys. Sweet. Throw us a bone, guys. Throw us a bone. And the more you, Steve, the more ratings where people just, it takes, what, 20 seconds to go in there and click the little five stars and, and all that. And then that's the getting, hardest thing to get, man. <laughs> no, they are man. so hard to get. But, you know, th- this is great content. I've listened to all of your episodes. I truly enjoy it. I know people are out there listening and enjoying There's 3,500 unique downloads. Um, it, it doesn't take that much effort, guys. And you're, let's be honest, you're listening for free. You might never donate or, or, or buy a service from the podcast and you're getting value from it. Just take the time to do the rating because it does help. Because when people go look, when they search law enforcement or, or police podcasts, they look at ratings. It's, it's currency in the podcast world and it's just only going to help this podcast grow. And that's what we want. We don't, we don't want this podcast to disappear. We want to keep going. So it's literally the very least you can do is just to click the five stars and leave a review. So I would, I would say that we would appreciate it very much. Christine, thank you again so much for being here and co-hosting. I am merely carry the water for Christine. Oh, shut up. (laughs) Steve. Steve, Thank you, man. I appreciate it so much. My pleasure. uh, As always. All right. Thank you guys so much. We'll talk to you all later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Police Applicant Podcast. We are the premier police background prep site in the U.S. and Canada. For more information on scheduling your police background consultation, go to policebackground.net. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes.